Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Happy Wednesday, Edwin. Happy Wednesday, Andrew. Middle of the week. Here we go again. I tell you what, there's probably a lot of people frantically cooking today. Maybe. Because tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Yay! Very excited about that. I'm thankful. Yes. <laughs> we should do we should do an episode about all your thankfulness sometime. Okay. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe <laughs> tomorrow. Maybe, we'll talk maybe. we'll talk about it. All right. All Matthew right. twelve, verses fifteen through thirty two, as we continue looking at Jesus and his ongoing conflicts with uh, with the Pharisees and the scribes. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. Jesus, aware of this, and that's, by the way, a reference back to verse 14, that the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. Jesus, aware of this, withdrew from there, and many followed him, and he healed them all and ordered them not to make him known. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not quench until he brings justice to victory. And in his name, the Gentiles will hope. Then a demon-possessed man, who was blind and mute, was brought to him, and he healed him, so that the man spoke and saw, and all the people were amazed and said, Can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, It is only by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that this man casts out demons. Knowing their thoughts, he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. And no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if he casts out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your own sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come." Well, now, there's just a lot going on in this reading today. Way more than we have time for in a 13 and a half minute conversation. The divided house. We've got the unpardonable sin. We've got Jesus healing people on the down low. (laughs) Lots and (laughs) lots of things. Lots and lots going on here. Yeah. I have no doubt that the emails are going to come pouring in about questions that we don't answer about these two paragraphs today because we don't have time to get into all of it. It's loaded. But um, let's kind of pick up here following Matthew's. storyline, okay, which is that the Pharisees have not stopped. Kind of like uh, Luke's account of the temptation of Jesus, the devil leaves and waits for an opportune time. And so it is with these Pharisees that after the successful healing of the man with the withered arm and Jesus teaching them that, of course, this is lawful by implication of the scripture, they're going to figure out a time to go and destroy him. He's going to be about his good work and his good ministry, which is apparently now he's on a roll of healings. 
Okay, uh, kind of beginning with that fellow with the withered arm. Now he's going to heal like a bunch of people, multitudes of people, right? All week long, not All just on long. the Sabbath. Right, exactly. And, and warning them not to talk about it. Um, this is a fulfillment of Scripture. And then we see, okay, the Pharisees are still in the crowds. The Pharisees are in the midst, and they take their next shot. They come back at him. And it's the same old counter-narrative love that term. It's the same old counter-narrative they used back in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 34. They they have to explain away why can, we are admitting this man is a miracle worker. We saw that yesterday. Yes, we're, we're, it is admitted. Whether they were manufacturing... Conceded, they concede. These yeah, are miracles. Absolutely. Whether it was a manufactured situation or one that they just took advantage of, we can't be certain. Either way, they... By asking him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath, they admit this guy's healing people. And so now they have to have a narrative that explains why they're not going to believe him. And they're anchoring in the law in Deuteronomy that talked about a fellow who came in and had signs and wonders, Mm -hmm. but it was actually just a test from the Lord to see whether they would be faithful to Yahweh or they just follow any old joker who comes in performing signs and wonders and miracles and prophecies. And they're they're going for that one, but they've, they've got to explain. And so how is he able to do this? Well, he's able to do it because he's actually in league with mm-hmm. the demons. Mm-hmm. He's on their side. It's all a big plot and a big plan. And they actually said this back in Matthew chapter 9. In Matthew chapter 9, though, it really just kind of gets thrown out there, and Matthew just lets it linger. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give an answer. Mm-hmm. He's actually allowed us to have three chapters of continuing to read and continuing to see how Jesus behaves and how Jesus acts, how he well, he doesn't seem to act like a demon-possessed fellow. He sure seems to have his faculties all in order. Yes, he's he does. Not, he's not like any of these other demon-possessed people that we see. He sees, he hears, he thinks clearly. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not having to chain him up in the tombs because <laughs> he's he's destroying things. It's It sure doesn't seem like any of those guys. And then Matthew brings that accusation back, and now Jesus finally responds to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's his response? Well, again, it's, it's with... It, this uh, irrefutable logic, right? Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? I mean, isn't that something? If if it makes no sense, you're saying that I'm the devil working by the power of the devil, but I am defeating the devil. So this is not true. This is blatantly false. How is the devil going to um, increase his kingdom? How is he going to increase his followers if he's actually defeating his constituents? Yeah. If he's pushing, if he's it's, casting it's, them out, it just doesn't make sense. It's the deep fake. It's the deep <laughs> fake. Yeah, it's this big brain uh, plan of Satan. And Jesus just says, come on, guys, let's think about this. Let's right. think about this. How, I mean, how, how does that work? If I, if I really am in league with Beelzebul, if I really am in league with Satan, is, is this really the way Satan would go about doing this? He's going to bring a guy in who's, who's defeating all of his minions? That yeah. doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't. So if I'm not uh, Satan, which I'm not, and not casting out Satan by the power of Satan, uh, well, then, you know, who am I? Oh, I'm the Lord. I'm the Son of Man, and uh, and since I'm the Lord, what does that mean if you're calling me 
Satan mm. and a minion of Satan. Well, that goes back to the point we made back in Matthew chapter nine that once again we're reminded of our options. Mm-hmm. There's there's very there's not anything in between. Jesus either is what Matthew is claiming him to be, or he is what these Pharisees and scribes are claiming him to be. We don't get to pick something in the middle. He he's here's a fellow that comes in claiming I'm healing people, I'm casting out demons, I'm greater than the temple. Yeah, I, I am Lord of the Sabbath. Or uh, if he's not that, if he's not those things, he is the tremendous liar. He's a terrible, awful, wicked, evil, demonic person. He is in league with the demons, if not himself, the prince of demons. We, we just don't... Uh, Jesus see, is someone but, we have to deal with. But now we see we can rule that option out because he uses his power against demons and against demonic forces. So we can kind of whittle that one away. His next argument to the Pharisees is, okay, and if I'm in league with Beelzebul, what about your sons? What Mm. about your sons? Yeah. I I think here that Jesus is not necessarily saying the sons of the Pharisees are actually following the Lord. I think he's highlighting their own hypocrisy, and he's he's also pointing out how their argument doesn't have a logical foundation. He's saying, you're only basic... You're just making an assertion. Yeah. You're not actually making an argument. Well, and and I don't know how, um, you know, successful various Jewish exorcisms were, but I, I do know that there was a kind of a school for that, an idea of there being exorcists. And so whatever they're going to say about Jesus, who is actually doing this, yeah. falls with equal or greater weight on their own sons mm-hmm. and the purported good works of exorcism attempted by them. You know, I we, we get a little glimpse of that um, effort, I guess, among the Jews a little later in the book of Acts with the seven, seven sons, sons of Siva. You know, the, these guys, they I mean, they were exorcists. They told people they could do it. Again, I really don't know if they could or not. But they, they Jesus did that could, time. and that time they did not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, again, I think what Jesus is doing here is actually making an argument from logic about what they're saying. Yeah. And and it's and it's actually a good point for us to recognize today. Today, people will make an assertion, mm-hmm. and we act like it's an argument. Assertions are not logical arguments; they're just statements. I can say the sky is red. I haven't given an argument for the sky being red. I have just made an assertion. I can say it's three o'clock in the afternoon, and I haven't made an argument that it's three o'clock in the afternoon. I have just made an assertion. And Jesus is highlighting a logical point. You guys actually haven't made an argument here. All you have made is an assertion. You haven't given any proof. You haven't given any foundation. All you've done is made a statement, and it is a statement that could be equally made against the guys you like. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. what, what are we going to do there? What we need here is some evidence. Give some proof. Give more than just your assertion. Uh, you know, we, we, so that's, I think that's the, the logical argument Jesus is making with this statement about yeah. the sons. Building a bridge to where we are today, I appreciate you using the word assertion uh, you know, and, and trying to approach something with some, some logic and looking at evidence. People don't even use that word to... I feel like assertions are often mislabeled as narratives today. Oh, sure. Yes. That's the word. Like, I'm I'm telling you this story. This is the narrative. This is the storyline. This is all an assertion. What do you have that would suggest this is actually true, that this coincides with reality? Or are you just spinning one narrative out of whole cloth and somebody else could spin a counter-narrative? 
Well, talking about narratives and counter narratives, Jesus then says, let me tell you guys what I am doing. Mm -hmm. I am not in collusion with the demons. I am fighting against them. The kingdom of God has come among you. Mm -hmm. I am doing this according to the spirit. And what you're now seeing is the kingdom of God breaking into the world of man. He says, but what I'm doing is I'm binding the strong man. Yeah. And I think that's a very important statement here because what Jesus points out as he's explaining is not just I'm performing a handful of really great works. It's these these works where you're seeing me cast out demons. This is actually part of a bigger plot on my part. I'm binding the strong man. This is one of the reasons I don't believe there is demon possession today, mm -hmm. despite all the stories, because what Jesus said he was doing with his work was binding the strong man from that ability and from that work. He is casting the demons out. He's casting out the unclean spirits. He's binding the strong man so that his kingdom can now grow in the world as he's going to establish it. So I don't think we should be looking for these kinds of demon possessions and oppressions today because Jesus actually was successful at binding the strong man. This is just a part of that. So glad that you've joined us for Text Talk today. Send us an email. What are you learning as you're reading the Bible? Text Talk at ChristiansMeetHere.org. Text Talk at ChristiansMeetHere.org. Let's pray. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for the day. Thank you for the time to be together and to study your word. Father, help us to see Jesus for who he is, truly the Lord, truly the Son of God, with all of this power only to work in a way that blessed and benefited others. And we pray, Father, that you might guard us against the the illogical, just, just uh, uh, hate-filled, uh, response of the Pharisees, uh, just this unhealthy skepticism and cynicism towards all things holy. Father, help us to have an open heart and always be tender to the teaching of the Lord Jesus in your word, the Bible. In his name we pray. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. We're just going to observe the Passover on the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit today. <laughs> this is why we get emails.